This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about what's the difference between human faith and Bible faith. Human faith and Bible faith. Too many people confuse the two and don't know there's a difference. You know, I, I look at you out there now. This is, I, got, I can't get it to me, bunny trail. This is, it'll lie with it. You know, if you had a little flimsy broken lawn chair right now and you looked at it, you wouldn't have much faith to sit in it because you'd be concerned you'd fall on the floor and get hurt. But you got these big, solid, sturdy chairs right here. It didn't take Bible faith to sit in this chair. You look at the chair, what you see, and you know, that's a good, solid, still chair. I can sit in this chair. I've got faith in this chair. And most people have faith in what they can see, but they have no faith in what they can't see. But like Pastor Dave was just talking about, I mean, wasn't that awesome, awesome, awesome things he shared over the offering right then? What he was talking about is the give and it shall be given. That's faith that God would do what he said he would do. That if we're free to give, then we're free to receive. Amen. That's, that, that's kind of how Bible faith works. Anyway, I want to show you a couple of things out of the bookstore before we take it down. The bookstore will be coming down real soon to get ready for the carpet job. So you got to get it while the getting's good. And I'm ready for the carpet job. How about you? going to happen. Okay. Anybody ever hear of a man named Kenneth Copeland? All right. As a matter of fact, Pastor Dave and I went down to a pastor's breakfast with Brother Copeland's children. They're not children now. They're older. But yesterday, to get ready for a meeting that uh, they're going to have in Anaheim in September. And so we were down there with about a hundred other pastors and had an awesome, awesome time with the Copeland Inner Circle and family down there getting ready for that meeting. But we'll be talking more about that as time comes on. But Brother Copeland is 80 years old. And I've watched him for the last 37 and a half years that I've been a Christian. He's powerful. He's strong. Going good. And that inspires me to want to do more than ever before. This book here called The Force of Faith. I have several copies in a bookstore I just saw. I bought that book probably back in about 1980 or 81. And it really, really, really lit my fire in some spiritual things. The Force of Faith. And then here's one by Brother Hagin called What Faith Is. And likewise, I bought that same Look, years and years and years ago, you know, some of these books may be older in print, but spiritual laws and the Bible never changes. And so we read books like this. They help us to learn how to use our faith. They help us to understand faith and they help us receive from God. But our bookstore has lots of good books like that. And I can honestly say I've probably grown more off of reading good faith books with my Bible open than I have any other way. It really helps us. I really encourage you. To make use of the bookstore, like I said, we're going to be taking it down. Is it next Sunday or the Sunday after next? Sunday after next. So if you need to get a good supply, do that. We'll be down for a couple of weeks while we get this church all torn apart and get new carpet going. But anyway, tonight, we're talking about human faith or Bible faith. What's the difference? That's what we want to find out tonight. So I want to start off by looking at Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Mark 11, 22. And... I want to encourage you about something that, uh, you know, you, you may not be used to yet, if you're a new Christian especially. And uh, if you're an older Christian that wants to stay cold and never grow, let me give you a clue how to stay cold and never grow. Don't ever bring a Bible to church and don't ever take notes. If you want to be hot for God, if you want to learn and grow in your faith, then did anybody here ever go to school? 
high school, some people, some people even college and things like that. How well would it work in college, for example, to go to class and never bring your book? Or if you brought your book, never open it and never take a note. And then when test time comes, you couldn't blame blame the teacher if you didn't know what it was he taught because you never looked at your notes. Well, that's what Pastor David talked about a minute ago. He says, can't look up to God and say, God, how come, how come, how come? I'm going to teach you tonight some things right out of the Bible about faith. And I just really, really, really highly encourage you, every time you come into a church like this, bring your notebook, bring your Bible, take notes. And don't just take notes just to say you took notes. Actually, when you go home in some of your spare time and you're praying, doing some reading, pull those things out. And what the way the, the methods always worked for me for all my Christian life. I mean, I sit in a Wednesday night service of Mrs. Pastor, Pastor Dave was teaching, and I know these guys well. But I hear things and I see things. I'm refreshed on things. And I write down usually a minimum of two or three pages of notes on both sides of the paper, believe it or not. And then what I do, sometime within the next few days, amongst all my other Bible studies, I pull out my yellow marker and my red pen. I go through those notes there, and the ones that really jump off of me, I'll put yellow through it. I'll put a red line under something like that. And then I just keep going back for a while. I refresh myself and see those things. Because when you're in a service like this, it's like being in a good rainstorm. You know, the desert, I mean, out here, we know we have a rainstorm. I remember our first year here, my, my, son, my son Joe jumped out and danced in the rain. Because he was so used to rain in Indiana, hadn't seen any for about a year. When it rained, he enjoyed it. Well, the Holy Spirit in the Bible many times is, is equated with rain in the natural world. In an atmosphere like this, it's like the rain of the Holy Spirit's coming down to you, soaking you. So when you're getting wet in here, it's easier to hear God talk because things jump off at you. But then if you get back out to the, to the dry world, it's like going back out to the dry desert. It's hot out there, it's dry, and you get weary again. And water refreshes you. So in here, when you hear things, and then you write them down, then you need to get your spirit quickened to those again as you're out there reading. Because if God talking to you here, you need to go out there and get that in you again. Amen? So that'll help you. Mark 11, verse 22. I want you to see what Jesus said. And Jesus, after he saith unto them, have faith in God. Jesus said... We're supposed to have faith in God. And Jesus wouldn't tell us to do something that he wouldn't show us how to do it. Anything that God or Jesus ever tells us to do, then they tell us how to do it through the Bible. Go to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to hit you about three verses real quick before we get into the meat of what we're talking about. But I want you to see some Bible things. And there's so many verses. Romans 1 verse 17 There's so many verses in the Bible that talks about faith. I think it's probably safe to say that faith is probably at the top of the list for the main Bible themes, Old Testament, New Testament, that God wants us to be able to understand it. Verse 17, Romans chapter 1 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That means we're supposed to be growing from faith to faith, and we can. But anyway, it says, As it is written... The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Jesus said to have faith in God. Paul said the just means justified or made right with made right with God because of Jesus and what he did for us. Paul said born again believers 
are to live by faith. Is that in your Bible, to live by faith? I want to say it again. The Bible wouldn't tell us to do something if the Bible didn't tell us how to do it. And I think again about Joe. Joe's a Marine right now. He's out in uh, Richmond, Virginia at Fort Lee, and he's going through machine school out there. And they keep, he keeps having to learn things on lathes and CMC milling machines and all kinds of fancy stuff out there. Then they test him on it. That would be unfair if they told him, we're going to give you a test, jump on there and do it. But they never taught him how to do it. So first of all, in any class, wherever it is, if it's a bona fide real school, real class, they instruct you what to do to pass the test. Well, here, Paul said, you're supposed to live by faith. Well, God would tell us to live by faith if he didn't show us how to live by faith. Okay, now I want you to look at Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Now we're going to look at verse 20. Galatians 2, verse 20. And Paul says this. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. How many here know that Christ is living in you because you've received him as your Lord and Savior? Amen. He says, Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, well, we're living a life right now, we're a spirit being, have the Spirit of God in us, living in an earth suit or a physical body, and so we're living in this flesh right now, but someday we'll leave this planet one of two ways. We'll either leave planet earth by the rapture, because we'll be here when Jesus calls the church out, or we'll physically die where our body has no life in it anymore, but we'll still live. And when we live, we won't be living by faith. We'll be living by sight because we'll see Jesus as he is. We'll see the streets of gold. We'll see mansions. We'll see God. We'll see our love was what before us. And that's not by faith. It is by sight right now. We're living by faith that heaven's real. But someday it'll be by sight. So he said, he said, the life which I now live in the flesh. Now look at this. We're talking about faith again. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so Jesus said, have faith in God. Paul said, we're supposed to live by faith. And then Paul said, I do live by faith in the Son of God. And so I, I think that it's really safe to say that faith is a main Bible theme. And so everything in our life on earth as born-again Christians involves faith. Faith in God. We want to live satisfied, fulfilled lives. And the only way a Christian is going to be satisfied and fulfilled, really enjoy life, is learn all they can about faith and then apply what they learn to their daily lives. And, you know, I think about Pastor Dave, what he said. That's such a good example. That's such a good example. Luke 6, 38 says, give it, it shall be given unto you. And so you can, you can cry out to God till the cows come home for a harvest. But if you don't obey the Bible and give, you're having no harvest. That's not faith. That's whining. That's crying. That's murmuring. That's complaining. When you're obeying the Bible, you do give. And because you do give, the men are going to give to you. That's just the way the Bible works. That's how faith works. But anyway, uh, the more we study, learn, and apply what the Bible has to say about faith, the easier it's going to be to win life's battles and really enjoy life.
I want to say it again. The easier it's going to be to win life's battles and really enjoy life. God did not uh, desire for us to live defeated lives after we're born again. It's not God's will for anybody to live defeated. But the difference between Christians and non-Christians is this. We all have problems. We all have battles. We all have things come our way we don't like, we hate, we despise. But the difference is we got the answer when we're born again. Jesus said we can have faith in God. Paul said you're supposed to live by faith. Paul said the life I now live in this body said I live by faith in the Son of God. And so we've got the answer. The world doesn't know what to do. The world gets mad and they get even. You know, I think about over the years, years ago, I don't think they have much bumper stickers out there now. We used to have the older cars with the steel bumpers. You know, goofy people, people, maybe some of you might have them, watch out. People, people put bumper stickers all over the cars. I remember some of the classics out there I saw that were so contrary to the Word of God. I don't get mad, I get even. That's totally contrary to the Word of God. Jesus said, forgive and you'll be forgiven. He said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And so I don't get mad, I forgive. That's what I do, I obey the Bible, that's faith. Obey the Bible. And I'll tell you the classic that I hated more than any of them, to see an older couple riding down the road in a shiny new car, I'm spending my children's inheritance. Anybody ever see that one or hear that one? I'm spending my children's inheritance. Proverbs says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children and to his children's children. And so, see, the Bible says things that are totally contrary to what the world thinks. See, we can be blessed as we get older and have plenty and still have plenty to leave to our children. And to our grandchildren, why can't we? Because the holy written word of God says so. If the Bible says we can do it, we can do it. Amen. Social insecurity is not my source. Think about that one. (laughs) All right. And so the more we study, learn, and apply the things we're going to see tonight, then the more we're going to enjoy fulfilled life. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 6. And then move on from there, build on to this. Book of Hebrews is an awesome book. The book of Hebrews is basically about the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, too many Christians don't realize that Jesus still has a ministry. Hebrews chapter 7 tells a lot about his ministry. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, as a matter of fact, says that Jesus, one of his ministries today is Jesus is the Lord over your tithe. Says Jesus in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, says he ever lives today to accept your tithe. And so if you bring a tithe into God's storehouse, your pastor can receive it and pray over it, which we pray over it and receive it, make our confessions, and there's deposited into the bank and your account says, Hi, there's a word center account. But the thing is, Jesus of the Spirit receives it and he blesses it because I can't bless your tithe. I can pray over it, speak blessings over you, but I can't go with you every day, everywhere you go, rebuke the devourer for you. I can't open God's windows of heaven for you and pour blessings on you. But Jesus, in his present day ministry, in Hebrews chapter 7, says he receives the tithe to bless you. 
Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 says, Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for you. Has anybody besides me ever been in a hard place where it seemed like Christians were mad at you? Other people mad at you, judging you? And you think, man, I sure like to have somebody pray with me. We've been to places in life before over the years. I went to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. I said, Jesus, I'm so glad to know you're at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us right now. Because, Lord, I need somebody to agree with me. I need somebody to stand with me, Jesus. And I'm so good to, glad to know in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, that you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. You're at the right hand of the Father. Well, Pastor, where are you getting all those verses at? I've been a serious Bible student for years and years and years and years. My life depends on faith. I'm born again. I live by faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God. He brings me through anything and everything that comes my way. And so anyway, that's one of the examples right there, just those few scriptures. I quote about him thinking about them because I read them all the time. I pray them all the time. I talk about them all the time. And I win battles all the time. And so Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, But without faith, and there's the faith again, it is impossible. Anybody ever see an impossible situation? And so, you know, if you take the I am off of that, what's it mean? It's possible. And in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, it says, All things are possible to him that believeth. But it says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. And so, in other words, if you're going to be a person that keeps God, uh, he's always on your side, but keeps God's hands untied so God can move in your life, you got to be a person of faith. It's impossible to please without it. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And I like this. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Well, I'll tell you what, that knocks that religious devil right out of the saddle, doesn't it, that God rewards you? Hey, man, God's not going to take from you. It pays to serve God. It's not a curse. It pays to be a fanatic about church attendance. It pays to seriously live right in front of God. It pays to live for God. It says he's a rewarder of them that does he seek him. And so another way to look at this verse, this is my paraphrase, what I was praying to study this morning, I wrote this down. And I like this. This is another way to say this verse. Matter of fact, I've never heard it this way before. I like what I wrote. Bible faith acted upon always makes God happy. Amen. Says it's impossible to please him. Well, uh, let me ask Dylan something. Dylan, if you please your wife, does that mean you make her happy? Wife, if he pleases you. Does that, if you please him, does that mean that you made him happy? Okay, so if we please God, what did it do? Made him happy. Amen. It says it's impossible to make God happy about your life without faith. Right then, that one statement right there make me want to learn everything I can and learn how to do it better all the time. And so I wrote this down. Bible faith acted upon always makes God happy. And when God is happy with how we live... The blessings will flow. Amen. You like that? When God's happy with how we live, the blessings will flow. The blessings will flow. flow. Isn't that what rewards are? If you get rewarded for something or get a blessing? Amen. I like to be rewarded. It says that when I make God happy with my faith, 
He's going to reward me. Blessings are going to flow. And so we're talking tonight about what's the difference between human faith and Bible faith. All humans, saved and unsaved, have natural human faith in something or someone. Uh, you probably have human faith in your doctor, in the medicine he prescribes for you, or for your babies. I think about that. We've got a lot of babies in this church now, just been uh, born into this world. I've got a new grandson right here. I got a grandson was right there, but I saw mom take him out. And I got a brand new grandson less than a week old up in Alaska, just just born. And I know this. I've watched these mamas with little babies and their doctors, and they run right to their doctors. If they thought their doctor was going to hurt them or their babies, they wouldn't go back to him. Having those doctors give them a little uh, prescription for a little, some kind of little something to help their babies get well, they have human faith in this doctor that this medicine, and even if the medicine costs a thousand dollars an ounce, whatever they have to do to get that thousand dollars, they'll get that thousand dollars because they've got human faith. A person that doesn't even believe in God can have that kind of faith. That's human faith. That's not faith in God. And if you're a Christian, though, and you're using faith in God, I mean, you have God in. But I'm saying you don't even have to know God to have faith in your doctor like that. Or you might be a person that has a brand new car. And you're getting ready to drive all the way across the country, maybe all the way out to Washington, D.C. or somewhere. Well, if you got a really, really, really old car, your human faith may not have a lot of faith in that old car you can make if that happens some trouble somewhere along the way. But if you got a brand new car, if you're saved or unsaved, you can have faith this car is going to take you 3,000 miles and bring you back 3,000 miles. You're going to have no problems. That takes no faith in God for that. Anybody can have that kind of faith. You see what I'm saying? We're talking about different, different kinds of faith. And you might have faith in your paycheck. Whatever your paycheck comes from, your source, it might be a pension. It might be a good, solid company you've been around for a long time, and all things look like they're going to be around for a long time, or whatever it is. Well, people that don't know God, don't live for God, they can have faith that whatever that financial source is, it's going to be there the first of the month or the middle of the month, whatever they get this thing deposited in their account, they're going to know that I will be able to go to the grocery store on the 15th. Because these people always put my money on the 15th. Well, that's natural human faith. And so, what is Bible faith? Look at verse 1. Look at verse 1. And be taking your notes and write some of these things down. It says this. King James says, Now faith is... The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I, I like what I heard Jesse DePlatis say years ago. Say, if you can't see it, that means you got it. Amen. Amen. But anyway, I want to read out of two translations that are really good translations. Just what he says right here. This helps me to understand it. And every time I get a new Bible, I write these things right above that verse. To help me understand it. The Moffat's translation says this. Now we're talking about this kind of faith. The difference between human faith and Bible faith. Real faith in God that pleases God. The kind of faith that Jesus said, have faith in God. The kind of faith that Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Moffat's translation of Hebrews 11 once says this. Faith means that, listen to this, we are confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. We're confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. 
confident and convinced that what God said is what God meant. And if God said it and God meant it, then it's mine. Amen. The Amplified Bible says this, faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I'll give you an example. How many here are born-again Christians? Not setting you up, but just ask you a question. How many here are convinced that someday... You're not going to be here anymore. You're going to die. Eternity's real. How many believe eternity's real? Well, how many here believe that heaven's real? You're confident and you're convinced. You perceive as real fact that when Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions, said, I go to prepare a place for you. You're convinced about that. Okay. How many believe the book of Revelations when John the Apostle wrote down the streets of heaven are made out of pure gold. When he said there's a big wall around heaven and the gates are made out of a giant pearl. He said that. I mean, in the book of Revelation, if you want to see what heaven looks like, read the book of Revelation, the passage on heaven. How many believe that God really meant what he said when he said there's a book that only the Lamb of God is worthy to look at called the Lamb's Book of Life? And that when a person receives Jesus... He writes their name in the book of life. And then he says, also in Revelation chapter 22, that when it comes to the end of time, that everybody's going to be judged. And it says that the ones that are in the Lamb's book of life, he has another book. And he shows all the times they rejected Jesus. The ungodly deeds, etc. And said, you don't want to be in that book. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you believe that's a real fact? That's not revealed to your senses. I've never seen those streets of gold. I've never seen my mansion, but in here I've seen them. I've got eyes of faith that tell me. I'll tell you what, I am not going to go back to living the life of a sinner again. I'm not going to go back to drinking and smoking dope and fornicating and being a liar and a bad guy, a gossip. All those things that I did for I was born again, I'm not going back there. Why is that? Because the Bible tells me the unrighteous and the whoremongers and those that hate God's ways, they'll not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I'm so confident and convinced of what it is, there's nothing you could do to entice me to go back to that life. I'm not going back there again because I have perceived as real fact, heaven's real. And then also, also, because I'm confident convinced heaven's real, that the Bible has a whole lot to say about hell. And so if heaven's real, because the Bible says so, hell has to be real. There's no way, shape, or form I want to go to hell. When you go to heaven, it's forever. When you go to hell, it's forever. And so we're talking about Bible faith. I got Bible faith because my Bible tells me those things are true. And because they're in my heart, there's nothing you can do to talk me out of it. And, you know, I think about how horrible it is the world we live in today that they're back to killing Christians over the other side of the world because they won't deny their faith. Crucifying them, beheading them in modern times. But there's lots and lots and lots and lots of multitudes of Christians today 
that they're having to face the test. And they're having to stand up and they're not going to deny their faith in Jesus Christ. You know, and so we as Christians have to know in our lives when we're tempted by sinners and other things in life to violate our faith, we've got to say no. And if we yield to some of those old things again, we've got to immediately say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm going to live by faith, Lord, because you're the one that died for my sins. You're the one that gives me strength day to day. Lord, I'm sorry I said those words. I'm sorry, Lord, I fell for that prayer hour. Or, Lord, I'm sorry I fell that all last week, Lord, I fell back into that again. Jesus, I'm so sorry. I want to get right with you because you're confident and convinced in your heart that these things are true. Well, that's what it says that Bible faith is. And so, by knowing those things, how real heaven and everything is, how this is, then we want to make sure if we're going to have faith in God, if we're going to live by the faith of the Son of God, how are we going to do that? We'll come back again next week and we'll find out in part two. Now, we don't do that to you, but not on the radio. <laughs> this is the real stuff. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And I do pray in the name of Jesus, you're listening close and writing down things. Because right now I'm going to give you the key. The key to living by faith. The key to having faith in God. And like Pastor Dave said, you can shake your fist at God all you want to if you're losing life's battles and never winning. But when you stand in front of Jesus, you'll be shaking your fist anymore. He will tell you, Pastor Samples taught you how to please me and make me happy with your faith. At whatever, whatever other pastors and preachers and evangelists and men, men and women of God have taught you these things. So Romans 10, 17, to become confident, convinced, Perceive as real fact, because isn't that what he said faith is? I mean, that's the definition of faith. You're confident, convinced of what God said being true. You perceive as real fact that what God said is the way it is. Romans ten seventeen. Now, I'm going to read you some religious verses of this first. Uh, we call this the, uh, the, the RV version, the religious version. So then, faith cometh by trials. How many have ever heard... You know, maybe some of your grandma and grandpa's this kind of preachers. I don't know. Didn't make any difference. How many have ever heard? Well, faith cometh by trials. What's the Bible say? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Well, how about this? Have you ever heard this one? Faith cometh by testimonies. It doesn't say that. You know, we can't avoid trials because we're on the earth. The devil's on the earth. Goofy people are on the earth. And there are going to be people cross your path, and these people are either going to cause you to pray or to cuss. I got over that a long time ago. I won't cuss about dumb people anymore. I pray for them. And they cause me problems, I forgive them, and I pray for them. Amen. But it says, faith cometh by hearing. It doesn't say faith cometh by praying. Praying is right, but that doesn't bring you faith. Testimonies are awesome. That doesn't bring you faith. Faith cometh by worshiping. No, worshiping is a very wonderful thing to do all the time. Worship and praise. 
It doesn't say faith cometh by those things. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You did not get saved because of worship. You didn't get saved because of a testimony. You didn't get saved because of a trial. In a trial, somebody may have told you about Jesus. You need Jesus. Do you believe Jesus died for your sins? And in that trial, you heard from the word of God and faith got in your heart. I need to get out of this. Jesus is the only way. The trial didn't get you out or give you faith. But when you turn to God in there and you heard his word about receiving Jesus, then faith cometh because his faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You may have heard a testimony where somebody quoted you the word of God. And then you looked at those scriptures or heard him preach and faith cometh because you heard the word of God preached during that testimony. And then during awesome times of praise and worship, you got blessed and the glory of God came on you and that God was able to bring those verses back to you that you knew and your faith got stirred again. Faith got fired up again. And so what am I telling you about this? This between human faith and Bible faith is humans go by what they see. Christians go by what God said. If God said, I'll supply, I'll supply all of your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus, I would never say in a hundred million years. That's too expensive, kids. We can't afford that. Well, that's too high. We can't do that. You know what I'd say? That cost a lot, but my God shall supply all of our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to agree with what God says over what I see. There's some things I would never say because that's not faith. The world could say, well, we'll never be able to afford that. But my God said, He's my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. That's what my God said. I'm going to agree with the Bible every time. And those scriptures come right out of the Bible. And you might as well get it settled that when you read the Bible, that's God talking to you personally. I want to look at a couple of these verses here to build on that. Uh, Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So uh, I wrote down a couple of things while I looked at other verses. This, the only way to have Bible faith is live a life built upon hearing spiritual leaders preach and teach the Bible frequently. Jesus said, man shall I live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I can tell by looking in the mirror and looking at some of you, you eat more than once a week. <laughs> Amen. Just a Bible fact. I'll tell you what, if you don't eat very much, you're going to get skinny. Unless you're on a supernatural fast from God, you're going to lose weight. Your mind's going to get cloudy because you don't have nutrition. And you may, you may get sick. Well, miss, missing church for a week will make one week. Amen. I like to come to church several times a week because I know I can't get enough of what God has to say to me to live a victorious life. And then number two, I said this a while ago, I want to say it again. You actually need to possess a Bible. And then... On top of that, go to the next level. Open it. <laughs> Amen. Open it and read it. And when you're reading it, listen to this. Try this. When you read the Bible, 
Say this. Say, Jesus, I don't understand this. Would you help me, Jesus? Jesus, I need answers. Would you show me what this says, Jesus? Lord, the pastor said this, and it sounds really good, but I don't understand, Jesus. Will you help me? I promise you, Jesus will supernaturally, through the Holy Spirit, cause you on the inside to understand the Bible. He will do that. And then, uh, listen to sermons online. Well, the, what, there's so many media outlets today. I mean, man, I love YouTube. I can go to YouTube and I can punch Kenneth Copeland's name, Kenneth Hagin's name, Joyce Myers, whoever you want. You go on YouTube and they push in these people and you search down through there and find the category. If you need faith for family issues, if you need faith for financial things, if you need faith for job things, for healing, man, you can pull those things up and saturate yourself 24-7 right off of YouTube. And so make sure you watch the right stuff on YouTube, okay? Amen. Uh, and then, at a bookstore like ours, buy faith books. Study them side by side of your Bible. Open them. Learn the verses. And you're going to grow. And then, go to faith seminars and conventions whenever possible. I've lived this lifestyle since January of 1980. We're going to be telling you more about this Brother Copeland meetings down in Anaheim coming up in September, but I'll tell you what, if we can take a church full of people down there on that Friday night and then the, on Saturday morning and get us down there soak in that atmosphere for about a day and a half, it'll really, really, really change your life. And so, uh, in closing, I want to say this. Faith for salvation, healing, financial things, deliverance from addictions and habits, family issues, all comes the same way. You must study Scripture verses for the area of need. I don't need to get saved again because I'm saved. I still read verses about being born again because I like to stay fresh in it. But if I'm having financial problems, I'm going to read about tithing. I'm going to read about giving. If, I, if I'm having marriage problems, I'm going to read what God said a husband's supposed to do to love his wife like Christ loves him. If I'm having children problems, I'm going to read what the Bible tells me about about my children and how to be a godly parent that pleases God because faith cometh to be a godly parent by hearing what the Bible says about being a godly parent. Do you know that God knows about teenagers? Amen. And let me tell you something else. God knows about SEX. Amen. God knows what good SEX is and God knows what wrong SEX is. So when we study the Bible and in these areas of life, faith's going to come Help us enjoy life and be blessed. And so I want you to look at verse 8. This, we're going to look at a couple things here, then we'll close it down. Verse 8 says, But what saith it, the word of God, the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. We're a word of faith church. You know, if you haven't seen that in our literature, we're a word of faith church. And so it says the word needs to be in your mouth and in your heart. And so for the word of God to work in your life, for your faith to work, you've got to speak your faith. You speak your faith by speaking the word. Now look at verse 9, verse 10, and he'll explain this. When you got born again, here's what you did. If you want to receive healing, here's what you do. You want to receive your finances blessed, here's what you do. You want to see your children get on track, here's what you do. If you need favor on your job, here's what you do. It says... So this this talk about born again, but then it goes further. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or that Jesus is Lord, and shalt believe in your heart that God raised, raised him from the dead, 
thus shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You notice two things there. Number one, you believed in your heart. Then number two, you got it with your mouth. You didn't just think. It says, I believe and I speak. Father Jesus, you said, is Lord. I believe that. You said you raised from the dead. I believe that. You said, if I believe that in my heart, confess it with my mouth, I'm saved. It's the Lord. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. So you didn't get salvation because you believed. You got it because you believed and you said. You don't get healing because you believe. You get healing because you believe and you say. You don't get financial blessing because you believe. You believe and you say. And I'll close it by explaining that verse 10 just a little bit more to you. We'll go real deep. That word confession there comes from a word that means, well, the word's homologia. It's a Greek word. But it means to say the same as. To say the same as. That means to say what God says. So confession means to say the same as God says. What does God say about your finances? He says, I'll supply all of your need. You need to confess that. What does God say about your healing? Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I've had hands laid on me. I've recovered. I'm getting better every day. That's what God says. Confession is made of salvation. Now that salvation there doesn't just mean receiving Jesus as your Savior. That word salvation there comes from another word, soteria. And that word soteria means deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, soundness, and health. And so it says that confession is made under your deliverance, your safety, your preservation, healing, soundness, and health. And so that's what real Bible faith is. Real Bible faith is Romans ten seventeen. You hear what God said? You get it in your heart? Start confessing with your mouth. You start confessing. My God is supplied all of my needs. Got an awesome testimony today from one of our church members on text message he sent to me. They, you know, they, a lot of you guys are in this military system, better contractors and things. Well, the last contract a month or two ago, probably about two months ago, they didn't renew his contract with the one thing, but he got a contract, but he took a hundred dollar a week pay cut at a lower thing. His family and he are very faithful tithers to God. They walk in faith. They walk in love. And I talked with him, talked with them a few weeks ago. And they believed and they said, we're tithers. We have tithers rights. We're walking with God. And I'm going to get my job back. I got the text today. My bosses came and told me they're getting my job back starting next week. Amen. $100 a week payback. And I think on top of that, there's more money. But you know what he did? His confession was made unto his salvation, his deliverance, his safety, his preservation, his financial provision. He didn't let loose. He was confident and convinced. He perceived in his heart as real fact. I'm a tither. I've got tither's rights. This is the devourer trying to devour my job, my family's money. And my God's rebuking the devourer for my sake. The windows of heaven are open. The God's poured out his blessing. Believe me, that was hard to do when he lost over $400 a month in income. That was hard to do. But you know what? He's a just man. The just shall live by faith. This family lives by faith in the Son of God. And guess what else? 
It's impossible to please God without faith. He rewards those. This family is rewarded. Congratulations, family. We're so proud to see you stand with God's word. They made God happy with their faith. And God poured out the blessings because of what they did. So I just want to tell you, congregation, don't get human faith mixed up with Bible faith. Bible faith hears the word, receives the word, speaks the word. And Jesus comes through every time. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.